Jose and Southgate will get to you as well. But first, I want to get to my friend Bill Horenda, who is an NBA expert and does very well with the advanced analytics, I might add. He knows how to deep dive into some of those stats on NBA.com. Bill, thanks for coming on Clippers Talk tonight. So what did you find out about tonight's game and how the Clippers were able to pull this off late outside of just Paul George and his brilliance? Adam, always great to be with you in Clipper Nation. As Hubie Brown says, an NBA game is never over. The 17-3 run over the final 244, terrific offensively. But how about defensively? The Clippers allowed just 24th quarter points to Oklahoma City, and they defended without fouling. Only one personal foul in the final stanza. Now listen, turning the page here, no somnambulance in Minnesota. They were popped at home tonight by Orlando. And like you said, there are no must-win scenarios, but you can see the body language. Hey, even self-confidence among the best 450 players in the world can be somewhat fragile. A lot of positives for the Clippers early. It's better to be 2-4 and four than 1-5. and five. Yeah, at times with this team, going back to last year in the playoffs, the confidence from Reggie Jackson that emanates from him it permeates throughout the entire team. And the fact that he was struggling to this degree, I wonder if that also had a ripple effect. But him hitting that shot late after Paul George's jumper to put the Clippers up by three, do you think that's something that has carryover that can get Reggie Jackson out of this funk? Because coming into this season, after what he did in the playoffs when Kawhi Leonard went down, everybody thought for sure he was going to be the second option on most nights. Right. And you know what, Adam, when you take a step back, you're without Kawhi, you're without Marcus Morris Sr., you're without Ibaka, and you're also incorporating Bledsoe, Winslow, Hartenstein into the mix here. You've lost Beverly, Rondo, Cousins, as well as Patterson. So from that standpoint, you're right, you get to a point where, well, who's the closer here? What are our roles? And for Ty Lue and the coaching staff, you know, Steve Clifford says this frequently, the erstwhile coach of uh, Charlotte and Orlando. The NBA is a game of adaptation and change. And you know what? If you're not watching film, you have no idea what's going on. So there'll be some terrific teachable moments here for the Clippers as this group gels. The coaching staff learns about roles as well as different types of playing groups. Now, I think personally that Ty Lue is going to stick with Bledsoe in the starting lineup, but he'll learn more about, you know, Kennard, of course, and Mann, and, you know, just some of these role players and how this is going to look like as, of course, you're expecting Morris and Ibaka back soon. Bill Horenda is our guest here, NBA analyst. Follow him at Bill Horenda on Twitter, A-T-R-E-N-D-A. Bill, how do you assess the play from Paul George so far? Because people were kind of downplaying his 41 and 42 point games because the Clippers lost, but he did absolutely everything he could during stretches where nobody else can make a shot outside of maybe Luke Kennard. To me, he's played like a top 10 player, at least so far in this early season. Absolutely. Adam, I concur. I mean, he comes in averaging 28 per night, shooting 50% from the floor, 38% from three. The other thing to look at tonight scintillating in the final stanza six of seven three of three from three and only two turnovers and as you mentioned before the break of course one of the best two-way players in the game so I think for Paul George it's like anything else you know his actions will speak much louder than his words and this is you know the reactionary blogger demagoguery that will talk about his inability to close or his flaws we saw it last season uh, and we will continue to see it this season. So I, it's like anything else. You just have to block out the noise 
and you know just take care of business on, on a on a nightly basis. And if there are going to be haters out there, listen. Uh, let, let, let them hate you. Let your game do your talking. I don't know what else he has to do after dragging the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi Leonard for the first time in the history of this franchise like he did last year with a 40-point game also in that Game 5 to extend that series uh, against the Phoenix Suns and a 39-point game, a brilliant game in that Game 5 against the Utah Jazz in the second round. I, I think he's answered the critics, at, at least in my mind, that stuff doesn't hold much water anymore. Uh, somebody else I wanted to ask you about because he has been struggling right now recently and he is coming back from a knee injury in that Phoenix series. But uh, Avisa Zubats hasn't exactly looked like himself so far this season outside of one game. How important do you think that big man position is uh, for the Clippers because he only plays 13 minutes tonight and how much can he help raise their ceiling when he's back on his game? Yeah, absolutely. He does. He does so many things. Uh, not everything that counts can be counted, as Einstein said. <laughs> and you know this screening ability of Zubats. And you know you look at Hartenstein tonight, and Adam. You know he has twelve rebounds, four of them offensive. And again, it's very early. We have to add that caveat to everything. But this is a team dead last in rebounding. So when you say what can Zubats do to raise uh, the ceiling for the Clippers, it can be immeasurable because I do like their toughness, the intangibles, the burly nature. And again, you know, the meek may inherit the earth. They're not going to make it beyond the Western Conference Finals. And I think Zubats will be key to that. And again, the coaching staff is not going to overreact. They know what they have in him. They have seen him uh, in the past. And I think it's just a matter of time before he finds his groove. And I think it's similar with Bledsoe, but in a different way, as he's now, uh, you know, trying to congeal with this new culture, with this new roster, new teammates. Uh, so those guys will be fine. They've got a good body of work. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to sleep well. You know, a lot of coaches in this league. Now, I'm not a coach in the league. Uh, they sleep like babies. They wake up every half hour crying. I, I can I can sleep well at night, and I think they should with uh, these guys, with Zubats in particular and Bledsoe. Well, hopefully. Coach Luke can finally sleep a little bit better tonight after this victory. But one more for you here, Bill, because you cover the entire NBA nationally. How do you think this team stacks up in the Western Conference? I know a lot of it is dependent on whether or not Kawhi Leonard can come back later in this season. But uh, let's say at least till March, uh, if he's not back before then, how good do you think or how much can the Clippers do uh, aside from just treading water in the West? How do you think they stack up? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I love the analogy you guys used during the broadcast, along with Noah Eagle. You know, Denver last year, right? 1-4, 12-11, 16-14, 47-25, and, and they lost Murray. Porter stepped up. Jokic is the MVP. So I think here you're looking at Utah, the Lakers. You know, Phoenix, of course, is struggling. I love Denver. Uh, and, and, of course, they're in a similar scenario with, with Murray. So I think it's going to be a dogfight, and the Clippers should be right in the mix. And, I mean, there are some dark horses as well. I mean, Memphis, yes. uh, Dallas, uh, Sacramento has improved. How about the Warriors and Curry and Thompson looming there? Uh, so it, it's going to be a fascinating season, particularly in the West. And I know we don't have time for it, but the East has got some people making noise. Chicago, namely now 6-1. and one. 
The East has gotten so much more interesting with teams that were at the bottom last year, like the Charlotte Hornets. Even the uh, Washington Wizards are playing much better, even though Bradley Beal is struggling right now, which uh, tells you how good maybe they could be and how much maybe they feel like they won that trade with the Lakers for Westbrook. But he is Bill Horenda, at Bill Horenda, H-E-R-E-N-D-A on Twitter. Bill, we'll do this again very soon, my friend. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Adam. My pleasure. Anytime.